0: Hi, I'm Josh Estevedo with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Scott Hervey at Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Lab. <music> so today, Josh is gonna talk about nil. No, Josh is gonna talk about name, image, and likeness, but that's been around for decades. So what exactly is it that you wanna talk about, Josh?
1: Well, it's a fair question, Scott, and while NIL has been around for decades, the NCAA just changed its policy on July 1st, 2021, to allow college athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness, and that's what I want to talk about.
0: Well, that sounds great. I've been hearing a lot about this topic, and I've been
1: hearing that a lot of law firms are trying to move into this space. That's right. It's one of the hot areas of the law right now. And frankly, the parties involved could use some lawyering because there are definitely pitfalls involved in monetizing your name, image, and likeness. Of course there are.
0: And our firm deals with that every day in its representation of professional actors, uh, sports figures, YouTubers, influencers, et cetera. And, and anytime you put your name, image, and likeness Uh, on a product or otherwise use it for commercial gain. There are important intellectual properties at issue. So let's get into a few of them,
1: shall we? Sure, let's do it. And as you know, in addition to being an IP attorney, I'm also a sports agent. So I've been dealing with these issues with two different hats, and I can provide some perspective from the trenches.
0: That definitely gives us an interesting perspective. It's one thing to talk about Uh, these issues in a vacuum and hypothetical terms and whatnot, it's another to see what's actually going on.
1: I couldn't agree more. So let's get into the substance. One of the biggest issues I've seen come up is that many of these agreements, in fact, I might even venture to say most of them uh, are requiring the student athlete to provide a perpetual license to use the athlete's name, image, and likeness, despite not including a perpetual royalty or a significant form of compensation that would actually uh, make sense for the athlete to provide a perpetual license.
0: You're right. That is a big problem. And if that isn't recognized by the athlete or the representation, well, that's another problem. Essentially, it amounts to the athlete allowing the company to use their name, image, and likeness forever while only making a one-time payment or a limited series of payments over the course of the agreement. The problem is compounded when you consider the fact that many of these athletes will go on to become professionals, uh, which will largely increase the value of their name, voice, and likeness. But if they've given away a perpetual license, then they won't receive the ongoing benefit uh, with respect to that first company.
1: That's right. And that's why it's such a significant issue that players need to be aware of. So moving along to the next issue, Many student athletes in the representation aren't aware of the use restrictions imposed by copyright law. Of course, we're aware of those issues because we deal with them on a daily basis. Um, But if you're not aware of them, they can be quite problematic. And because of that, you'll notice that a lot of these advertisements that are out there right now, uh, they include photos of the player um, that the player the representation or even the company have pulled off of the player's social media or the school's website or even Getty images. Uh, and that's a big problem.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean it can be a big problem for the brand and if it is the problem for the brand like I and I'm not and I'm representing the athlete I don't know that I care too much but if it's a, um, influencer type ad where uh, I'm, where the athlete is being paid uh, to promote a product on the influencer's social media, and the influencer is using images that the athlete/slash influencer finds off the internet. Well, then that presents a problem for the athlete, and it's one that they definitely should be aware of. They need um, they need to have the rights in order to use those images, as we've talked about many times
1: before. Yeah, that's right. And a related issue arises from the fact that the player, the representation of the company may not have a license or any other form of agreement to utilize third-party trademarks or copyrights that may appear in some of these photographs. So for example, just because you have a deal with the player, it doesn't mean you have a right to use the famous Jordan mark in your photos or to use the school's name. Uh, And I think that's a problem. It's important that the relevant parties are aware of these issues so that they can avoid walking themselves into trouble down the road. Right. And, you know, the issues with the brands and the schools, it may or may
0: not be an issue depending upon the format of the advertisement and how prominent those images are more so with, um, you know, I'm thinking of an athletic brand. Uh, schools, I definitely see those being problematic, regardless of the, the prominence or lack of prominence of their portrayal in any advertisement for an NCAA athlete. Uh, I agree. You know, the compliance departments at the university should probably put out a list of do's and don'ts and go, uh, uh, as should the coach. Uh, and they should review these with their athletes and, and help them avoid being out of compliance with NCAA guidelines or the law.
1: I agree with that. They definitely should. Um, you know, I have a little bit of sympathy for the universities right now, just because not all States intended to allow athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness this year. I mean, a lot of States were moving in that direction. But it was just about two weeks before July 1st that the NCAA did an about face and said, hey, we're just going to go ahead and allow everyone to monetize their name, image, and likeness. So I suspect that we will see uh, the compliance departments providing additional information to the student-athletes going forward. And if anyone is interested, I'm going to be covering this in greater depth. Uh, during a webinar for the California Lawyers Association in September or October. And we should have that date figured out here pretty quickly.
0: That's really interesting, Josh.
1: Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this installment of
0: the briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. If you're interested in more content, check out our blog at the IPLawBlog.com. Thanks.